And let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 6. And we're going to begin reading in verse 1. We'll read uh, responsibly, not responsibly, I'll read through verse 7. Keep your Bibles open. We're going to look at at other passages. Uh, Ecclesiastes 6. And uh, amazing truth here. Uh, Look at verse 1. Ecclesiastes 6, verse 1. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men, a man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth, yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof. But a stranger eateth it, this is vanity, and it is an evil disease. If a man beget an hundred children and live many years, so that the days of his years be many, and his soul be not filled with good, and also that he have no burial, I say that an untimely birth is better than he. For he cometh in with vanity, and departeth in darkness, and his name shall be covered with darkness. Moreover, he hath not seen the sun, nor known anything. This hath more rest than the other. Yea, though he live a thousand years twice told, yet hath he seen no good, do not all go to one place. All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. So look there at the end of verse 7. The appetite is not filled. We're talking about how to be spiritual, and uh, you always have the opposite of uh, the Spirit of God, which is the flesh. And so we're going to look at this. Uh, The Bible has some amazing things to say about this. We can all learn from it. We all live in a body of flesh. We all have to deal with uh, the desires, the lusts, the appetites of the flesh. Uh, If we just remember, they'll never be filled. It it will never work trying to uh, cater to the flesh. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd uh, lead us as to what to say, how to say it. We yield to your spirit. We pray that your good hand of blessing would be upon it. Open our eyes of our understanding. Open our ears and our heart uh, that we could understand the true battle and that we'd have uh, the goal to be spiritual, to be spirit-led, spirit-filled, to have the fruit of the spirit that we would not... uh, Follow and obey the lust of the flesh. Give us wisdom. Help us. Give us a, a burden, a zeal uh, to overcome the flesh through the power of the Spirit. Help us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The appetite is not filled, never could be, never will So we're talking about these principles of how to be spiritual. We have free will of our own volition. God gave us the ability to make decisions. Once we know God's will, the true enemy, the world, the flesh, and the devil, and then we get the principles from the Word of God, we know the fruit of the Spirit and the nature of the Holy Spirit, then we can begin to recognize this 
opposition, which is the flesh. So you can, the lust of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, the appetites of the flesh. So just to remind you, according to Romans, the I was taught this way back, and it, uh, it was wrong, that uh, the battles between the old man and the new man. Well, that's not true because the old man has been crucified with Christ, according to Romans 6. The battle then is, be is between the flesh and the spirit. I think even Sitting Bull said, there's two dogs inside of me, white dog and a black dog. They're always fighting. Whoever is going to win is the dog that I feed the most. Uh, but the, the battle is, is between the flesh and the spirit. And if we can recognize these desires, these appetites, this will get us a long way toward victory by realizing the problem. So the problem is uh, this body of flesh in which we live. One day we'll drop these robes of flesh going up to meet the Lord in the air. Until then, though, uh, we have to deal with this, and uh, it's a battle that we all face and we all fight. So we've been talking about the three types of humans. Um, natural man is lost, depraved in sin. Carnal man is saved, has the potential to be spiritual, but he still succumbs to the flesh. He bases his life on the senses, what he can see, touch, taste, hear, feel. But not only that, these urges of the flesh, these desires of the flesh that uh, pull upon us to seek to fulfill them. Now, if we realize it's impossible, then we, we see the, where the battle comes uh, or where it originates, but also how it's won uh, by not catering to the flesh. Do not cater to the flesh. So we, the Bible talks about what those who are in the flesh, those who are after the flesh, those who are in the Spirit, those who walk in the Spirit. And we have many passages that we've looked at in the past that deal with this, and we're looking for the mind of Christ. So if you have the mind of Christ, you can, you can see what's happening, when there's a subtle urge, when there is a, or maybe a very powerful drawing uh, to turn us aside to cater to the flesh, if we recognize this, then we know um, what to do. Jesus uh, won the battle by simply quoting the Word of God in the 40-day uh, night temptation and fasting in the wilderness. But you have so many people that still claiming to be saved, their main goal is to cater to the flesh. This is the reality. And you hear it all the time. I'm hot. I'm cold. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. They're just like a little child. They never grow up uh, in Christ to deny the flesh, recognize the problem, and to quit catering to it. 
And we'll look at a verse, and I hope you don't, you know, I'm just the uh, messenger boy, so don't, don't take it out on me. But the Bible talks about how sad it is when the spiritual leaders of the land eat, but not for strength. They just want to eat. And that's why, you know, when you look at it, gluttony is right up there with uh, capital punishment. Most people eat for the sake of eating. They don't need it. They're not even really hungry. The stomach cries out. They get in a bad uh, schedule or develop bad habits, and they cater. They cater to the flesh. Now, if you eat, you ought to eat for strength, for a reason, and you ought to eat for maybe to celebrate if God did something great. There's nothing wrong with that. But eating for the sake of eating is catering to the flesh, and this is what most people do. Now, I realize if you work construction, you work a hard job, uh, if you're on your feet all day, very tiring. Uh, it's very mentally draining looking at a computer for hours that some people have to do. Uh, we need our strength. You need strength, but that's why you ought to eat for strength, not to cater um, to the flesh. So you have these desires. You have what you need and you have what you want. You have your preferences, the things you like, but then you have the base necessities of life. Uh, that's what we really need. And Paul, Paul said in Timothy, we ought to be content with such things as we have, food and raiment, uh, just to survive. We ought to be very thankful. But because of uh, America and the high standard of living, the last days in which we live, all the modern conveniences, uh, it's more easy than ever to cater to the flesh. We need to be very uh, alert and aware of these things. So we don't want to get the appetites just under control. We do not want to just suppress them. We want to deny them, rule over them, realizing that the fruit of the Spirit, when we walk with God, receive the mind of Christ, hide the Word in our heart, yield to the Spirit, this fruit is produced, and one of them is temperance. And temperance is self-control. To have, and not just discipline, though discipline's a big part of it, but I've seen a lot of disciplined flesh pots. Uh, you can be very disciplined, live by schedule, live by regimen, but then at the same time, in other way, ways, totally cater to the flesh. So God wants us to realize, and, and let me remind you of what happened in the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon was the wisest man in all the earth. It's uh, by the sovereignty and providence of God. He went into sin. He had strange women, married strange wives. They turned his heart to idolatry. And he had unlimited resources. He had all the money at his disposal. He had workforces of, of men. He had the land. He had the power to do it. And he went out into the world, 
And he began to experiment with everything the world had to offer. He had fountains, uh, he had gardens, he had herds of animals, he had musicians playing for him, he had chefs that could prepare all sorts of uh, gourmet meals, all these things at his disposal, and he wasted a lot of his life. And what's amazing, the Bible says when he did this, his wisdom remained with him. So he's still the wisest man on earth, catering to the flesh, very miserable. And he said it over and over again, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. And we read in the chapter where he, he said all this evil disease where a rich, wealthy man works hard and invests his money and he can't even enjoy the fruits of his labor. He dies. He can't take it with him. Somebody else reaps the benefits from all of his suffering and uh, struggle. So he gets to the end of the, the book. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. And through this, one of the experiments he made was he just he decided, apparently, Whatever my flesh desires, I'm going to give it to it. I will cater to it. Uh, if it wants a new flavor, if it wants to hear a different sound, if it wants a different meal, if it wants a different landscape to view, all these different experiences, and he gave himself over to this. His wisdom remained with him, but in the end, he was empty it was vain. It, he was a miserable person. And the, the wealthiest people I've ever met, or, you know, I've been around a few. I don't know how wealthy, but they weren't very happy. Uh, they didn't know God. They didn't um, ob apply biblical principles of wisdom. And what they did, they just spend their life catering to the flesh catering to the flesh. Now, let's look at a verse, uh, chapter 10 of Ecclesiastes, and look at verse 16. Now, this is a, a woeful situation. This is where America is tonight. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 16. Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child... And thy princes eat in the morning. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles. Now look at this. And thy princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. So God likens eating too much to being a drunk. And this qualifies for capital punishment under the law. Uh, just like if a child were to strike their parents or t take a life, a life for a life, uh, all the different um, blasphemies that could be committed and abominations. Uh, most people would not equate gluttony with drunkenness and qualifying for um, capital punishment. We're not the, ju the judge. We're not saying who eats too much or who, d who doesn't eat enough. Uh, the, the, the point is, when the, the catering to the flesh is such that when somebody gets up in the morning, 
And the first thing they want to do is eat. They're not eating for strength. It's we ought to eat in due season. And you ought to learn your body. And you ought to learn what you need. Just like they say you need uh, eight glasses of water. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not a doctor. I don't believe that at all. Um, you're, you're, there's ways to find out if you're dehydrated or not. There's new studies that say it could be even bad for you to drink that much water. Um, seeing if I'm getting any looks on. But you need to drink some, but, and you need to be hydrated, but you don't need to eat all the time either. So biblically, what's the most important meal of the day? Supper time. It was the Lord's Supper, 6 p.m. in the evening, is the most important meal. And uh, what Americans have to do, they need... Uh, we were taught when I grew up, breakfast is the most important meal. And then when you study how wicked Kellogg's cereal are, you'll figure it out. Look into it a little bit. Um, that the, uh, you know, you have your dairy products and your bread and your meat and your fruits and vegetables. Um, this is all a sales pitch to get your money. So, and then what happens? When you have poor health, that's going to cater to the medical field. And they're going to milk you. And then all this other stuff's going to happen. It's a cause and effect sequence. So I'm not saying it's a sin to eat breakfast. I'm saying you ought to eat breakfast because you need some strength to go to work. You need something to get your body going because you have to work hard, not just eat. And we see this all the time. It's the American way, you know. I'm getting some looks on that. But uh, what would happen if you, you go into a restaurant, you order a big breakfast, and uh, the manager comes up, he goes, oh, thanks for uh, coming to our business today. Looks like you've got a lot of work to do. They say, what do you mean? We're going home taking a nap. <laughs> We're going to go shopping uh, or whatever. Uh, you know, we've gotten to the point in, in, in our society where if you don't do these things, you, you're kind of strange. You, you don't eat breakfast? Well, if my wife makes me, but I, I try not to, um, I'm on a diet. Everybody's on a diet, though. A di diet is what you eat. So basically, everybody eats something. So everybody is on some type of, of diet. But we, we develop um, habits and things that are not necessarily good. So what does what Solomon say? The appetite is not filled. No matter how much you eat, you cannot eat enough. No matter how much you see, you can never see enough. No matter how much you hear, you can never hear enough. No matter how much you feel, you can never feel enough. So why would we try to cater to something that could never be satisfied? I learned a long time ago, and I'm not saying I've arrived. Uh, I've got the flesh just like everybody else. I will tell myself, just because you're growling doesn't mean you get something. Guts. And I'll even look at myself. You're not getting your way. You don't get your way just because you, you're a... Um, making a sound and maybe hurts a little bit. Um, I'm not going to live that way. I'm not going to cater to the flesh. 
I want to deny the flesh. I want the fruit of the Spirit. So I'm going to make uh, some statements tonight. This is very simple, but it's very, very important. Simplicity is wrapped up in profundity and vice versa, and it's really um, life-changing. So, number one, the appetites of man were created by God and for God. So we are created in the image of God. God gives us these appetites. They're natural. They're normal. It doesn't mean anything's wrong. We're creating the image of God. But when God gave us these things, He wants us to recognize Him, to honor Him, and realize that these things need to be under control for His glory. So from the beginning uh, in, in the recreation with Adam and Eve, you know, he, he gave them good things to eat. He said, there's one tree, you can't eat of it, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, lest ye die. And there's all sorts of verses about that. The Bible says, he satisfieth our mouth with good things. You know, the next time you eat something that really is tasty, you're supposed to recognize that. God made your palate a certain way with taste buds, and then God gave a food to taste good, and it's satisfying, but enough is enough. When should you do it? When, when should you quit? So we ought to praise the Lord, and, but most people looking for something else. Catering, looking for something else. Uh, mo a lot of people can't wait for seconds before the first they're gone. All right, Psalm 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. He will, the desires of your heart, God will give them to you. And so it doesn't mean whatever you desire, He'll give it to you. It means God will give you the desire itself. What to desire? David said that my expectation is from Him. So not just what He's going to fulfill the expectation, the expectation itself. And this is where we want to get in our spiritual maturity and our walk with God. Our expectations come from God, and our desires come from God. And then we realize the basic needs. You have to eat, you have to drink, you have to sleep, you need clothing and shelter, you need money to buy things to provide for your family. But if we can get to the point where God will tell me what to expect, God will give me what to desire, when, when we get to that point, now we can be spiritual. Now we can walk in the Spirit, have the fruit of the Spirit in our life, and we're not going to be dictated to or dominated by the lust of the flesh. And this all goes with the pride of life. So I'm alive. I deserve these things. I deserve to experience all this. I deserve to taste this or whatever the, the situation is. So Job said in chapter 38, verse 39, Wilt thou hunt the prey for the lion, or fill the appetite of the young lions? 
In Psalm 34.10 it says, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. So it's very difficult to live these principles living in America with the luxuries that we do. Because in biblical times, food was hard to come by. Water was hard to come by. And God said, if you seek me diligently, I'll give thee all the desires of your heart. Nowadays, though, it's so difficult for most people because prepackaged foods, everything is so easy. You can get lasagna already made, put it in the oven. Uh, but how, how many people are really seeking God to ask themselves, do I deserve this? Am I worthy of this? No, the pride of life said, well, I, I've got money. I work for it. I can buy whatever I want. Well, biblically, the desires were created by God to cause us to fear Him and to seek Him and to walk humbly with Him. And so we have to, in wisdom, restrain ourselves to say, even though I could do it, should I do it? Even though I have what it takes to do it, is it the wise thing to do? Should I? So I know most people aren't going to live this. We're just giving us a chance. <laughs> it's very difficult not to cater to uh, the flesh. So what does it say? The Cretans were always slow bellies. And it says they were the enemies of the cross of Christ slow bellies, sluggish. You know, what Thanksgiving, you wear your uh, stretchy pants. You have to uh, adjust a belt notch. And then before you know it, Dallas lost again. And you're looking for uh, seconds. Or maybe, maybe not this year. I don't, well, I don't know. Um, so, he satisfieth our mouth with good things. If, if we would realize this, God gave us desires to seek Him and to glorify Him, not to cater, not to just give in. Statement number two, the appetite of man is God's built-in motivator to give God the glory. So what does the Bible say? And whatsoever you do, whether you eat or drink, eat or drink specifically, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, you know, it's so easy to, for some people to forget to pray, forget, for them to forget to ask the Lord to bless the meal. And we become entitled in a lot of ways. We forget to pray, to seek the Lord, and then to realize where did this come from? God made this. God gave me the money to buy it. God allowed this in my life. I do not want to presume and commit the, the wickedness of presumption. I want to give God the glory. I want to walk humbly with my God. Whatever it is in every aspect of life. Now, Number three, and this is uh, what we've been leading up to. Without God, the appetites become God. 
without God. The appetites become God, and we may not build an altar. We may not set up a statue. We may not bow down and worship, but for most people, whatever they desire, that's what they're going to try to do. They don't deny themselves. They don't question it if it's right or wrong. They don't humble themselves and seek the Lord early while He may be found. Should I do this? Should I go there? Should I eat that? Should I um, be with this group of people? Whatever the situation is, and, and now what's happening is they are in a world of trouble because the appetite is not filled. You cannot fill it. You know, I don't care how many things you smoke of different herbs or whatever. You can't smoke enough. And see, people get deceived. Whatever you snort or shoot up or pop a pill, whatever it is, whatever you drink, there, it has no limit. Now, it'll deceive you and you'll think, oh, I have enough. I'm fine. No, just wait a while. It's coming back. Same temptation, same lie, same empty hole that you'll never fill, same vanity and vexation that will um, torment you and trouble you, and it'll make you miserable. I, I knew a guy, um, and he was a wealthy man, and every time we would eat, by the second bite, he'd say, that's not any good. Not, that's not quality. I said, well, what do you, you knew that before you did. But anyway, uh, just unhappy. You know, I, I'd, I'd be very happy with beans and cornbread. You know, it, it's keep you alive. Beans and rice will keep you alive. I don't know how much, how healthy it is. Uh, why do we need all these different things? Why do we think we deserve it? And, and I realize God gives it to us, and it's a part of the blessings of the Lord, if it's done right. Now, let's look at a famous verse in Proverbs 23. Famous passage. And this is pertaining to bribes and selling the truth and becoming a compromiser. And we need to see the way that this is done politically and the way Satan tempts to try to lure people astray. Look at Proverbs 23, verse 1. When thou sittest to eat with the ruler, consider diligently what is before thee, and put a knife to thy throat. If thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful meat. This is the way of the world. Now, for the way of the child of God, we're supposed to have fellowship, right? We all believe the same. We are all uh, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We have this unity, and we eat. That's very important. Sit down at the table, break bread. We fellowship. Now, the way of the world is to get a vulnerable person who cannot control their appetites and set things before them 
And then in doing so, they're trying to change their mind. They're trying to sell them a product. They're trying to sway them to come over to their side. You see it all the time. And, and you know, it says, put a knife to thy throat. If you're given an appetite and you can't handle it, and you're taken before a king and all of these dainty meats and delicacies and gourmet food, if you can't handle that, then you're going to compromise. You're going to sell out. You're going to do whatever it takes to capitulate. And this is what the way the world is. Hey, let's go out and uh, close this deal. Let's go out and eat. Let's close the deal. And, you know, you, you know how the world works. You see it all the time. How many decisions are made at the table? Many, many, many people uh, sell their soul. They compromise. They will do what they normally would not have done. And it's a sad day where God's people would have such little conviction that they would sell the truth or change their mind or turn on God based on foods that was set before them. It happens, though, all the time. So this is one of the, uh, the ways the devil works, and it's the way of the world. And so the principle, though, is because the appetite is not filled, they are going to try to put within that person there's more where that came from. There's, did you like that? You get with me. Oh, we'll be eating this way all the time. <laughs> you know, you do what I want. You change for me. You see it my way. Oh, I will bestow upon you all of this uh, fine foods. So, you know, when, when I, uh, my first job, and we're, all, we're out of time for tonight. But my first job was at the country club. And I got my first job on my 16th birthday. I remember I went and I got my driver's license. And then I got my first job. And uh, first thing that happened, they, they didn't know I was raised real poor. But, uh, you know, they put before me fried eggplant. Well, that doesn't mean anything to me. Um, and... Uh, all, all these uh, bananas, fosters, desserts, and uh, all this. They'd make Caesar salad in front of you while you watched, and prime rib that was bleeding. And, you know, the chef would have his hat and slice it ever so thin. And, uh, you know, all the beef stroganoff and all the real fancy um, dishes. And then uh, a, a very wealthy man and invited me over and he was trying to get me to date his daughter and it had the opposite effect um, if I have to eat cold soup no thanks have you ever had that stuff cold soup pear soup yeah uh, uh, this this doesn't do you have any beans and rice <laughs> but no it didn't it didn't work but I, I saw what they're trying to do it didn't work um, You'll see it. Just start watching how the world works. So if we remember, the appetite is not filled. Uh, we'll pick this up next time.